Hello, welcome to our latest episode of Certified Fresh. I'm Brian Zamania, and I'm really happy to share the pod with you this week. We kick it off with a look inside of one of the largest wins in recent history, a strategic partnership between Line Drive, Granger, Werner, and Mohawk Industries. Angie Badley and Matt Corville, National Account Manager with Granger, join me to review how the opportunity presented itself, the resources they pulled together to execute an excellent training, how they demonstrated to all levels of stakeholders where we could make a difference, and how Mohawk was able to realize value and an increased level of safety by partnering with Werner and Granger. Then, Alila Hollander gives us a look into some of the lesser seen areas of HR and how she's working every day to transform Line Drive into a better organization. Her creativity, dedication to providing transparency, as well as a passion for our employees, has made Line Drive a truly great place to work, even during a pandemic. Rounding out the episode, I dive into it with the winner of last month's Team Player Spotlight, Amy Struckmeyer. We talk about the different ways that she engages with our team and how she's always striving to make impactful content to help line drivers close more business. And we even get a little taste of her musical influences as well. So sit back, turn up the volume, and stay fresh. All right, joining me today, we've got Angie Badley and Matt Corville, National Account Manager for Granger. Angie and Matt, how are you this morning? Good, how are you doing, Z? Oh, excellent. Matt, hey, thanks, for, yeah, okay, Matt, thanks I, for joining us. <laughs> am I the first person to get to come on twice so far? Yeah, you are. Repeat guest, Angie Badley. Yes. yes. Nice, now, now I feel like VIP just because I'm on the call with Angie. Absolutely, and this is a, this is a, uh, gangbusters lineup here and uh, we've brought Matt and Angie on today to talk about really uh, what I would define as an incredible customer success story uh, that evolved into a much larger opportunity for Granger and Warner and Line Drive and uh, some of you may know this revolves around uh, the customer being Mohawk, uh, Mohawk flooring and, and Mohawk's uh, need for assistance on some fall protection, uh, fall protection training and uh, understanding and learnings and product. And um, really Angie and Granger and the team from Warner were really uh, able to make an impactful uh, effect on Mohawk. And so what we want to do today is, is talk a little bit about um, how it went down and, and what the learnings were from that and how we really can take this and replicate this elsewhere. So uh, Matt, starting with you, can you give us a little background on the relationship with Mohawk and Granger? You know, what's uh, how's the contract laid out, and you know, what does Mohawk expect from Granger as a supplier? Yeah, Brian. So um, I've actually been calling on them for around the last two years. I will tell you, Mohawk and, and Angie can can vouch for this. Mohawk is very relationship based. Um, they want to be able to trust their suppliers. Um, they want to. They want to truly be able to leverage that partnership. Um, our current agreement with them um, is a is a three-year deal. It's, it's a pretty standard offering just around category discounts. Um, and our relationship with them has always been more like a secondary supplier. Now I will tell you within the last, I'd say six months to a year, we've kind of changed that to where they're, they're starting to view us more as as a partner as a consultant and i think you really see that with this deal um because of the fact that everything was brought together um you see really the the, the partnership that we have with them but also um by utilizing Werner and line drive as well 
Right, and just understanding from from a national account perspective, I mean, really, where Granger succeeds is, is signing these relationships, really becoming more than just uh, a day-in, day-out distributor, but someone who's bringing value and helping customers uh, overcome gaps, whether in their process or just in, in their knowledge or, or, or products. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, that's one thing I've, I've said since I started in this role. Um, and I've, I've been with Granger going on 19 years now. And you see, you see a lot of contracts put in place. Um, at the end of the day, it's just a piece of paper, though. It's the actual implementation, the execution of it, um, where the customer actually starts seeing the value. Granger starts seeing the, the profitability of it. Um, so, it, like I said, this is this to me is is the prime example of, of how we bring value with our with our partners. Yeah, absolutely. Understanding that value. And so Angie, talk to me a little bit about this, this uh, initial opportunity as far as is the, how it started when it first came up. Yeah, um, happened to be actually on a flute call with Mark Hayes walking around a different plant in that area and just used the time with the district sales manager to talk about line drive a little bit and, and our people a little bit because he does cover maps territory as well and um, just different new things. And I always try to throw Warner in there just because nobody knows about them, knows the extent of what they can do, they always think ladders. So happened to bring up the whole competent person, uh, complimentary training, and it was one of those, no, you don't. And I'm like, well, obviously we want them to buy our stuff, but yeah, you know, we work things out like that. And he's like, well, you know, I grew up in this area and Shaw and Mohawk both are big, you know, big friends of mine. And if you're serious about this, I think I can get us in there, but we're going to have to, I need a call. I need to hear directly from Warner what this is, because I just don't, it doesn't, He's like, when things are too good to be true or sound too good to be true, they're usually too good to be true. So, Which is, uh, I would say, I want to take a step. I mean, just that, that competent person training that, that Warner's offering, you know, with some some qualification, but really that two-day class at a no charge or a complimentary class, I mean, that is definitely different than what's out in the in the industry. Yeah. At the end of this one, um, they, they told us they've been trying to get it for two years and just didn't have the, the $10,000 in the budget to do it. Um, but got Chad on the phone and... Chad told the district sales manager, he's like, I tell you what, for this one, typically we would tell you we want to see, you know, an agreement of $20,000 in spend, but I'll come do the first one for, for Mohawk completely with no expectations. He's like, they don't have to spend a dollar afterwards if they don't like it. He's like, but I don't think it'll be that way. I'll do this one complimentary and uh, completely without any expectations out of it. And so that's how we were able to get in. And um, once we were in there, they absolutely loved, loved the product, loved the training. Uh, and love what the offering was. Well, let's talk. So, as far as the training, so they, they've identified the need is like we, we want to pull these people together. We don't have the ten thousand dollars in our budget, but we are looking for something that is professional and actually will get our people a uh, competent person qualified. So, I guess the first value or the first pain there is that they're just not having the budget to do it. And the value that we brought was you know conducting this training at no charge. But I feel they brought a, a lot of resources to this. Yeah, so what they did is they took, and I don't think they were able to pull in quite as many people as they originally hoped. Um, obviously, with with the world we're in right now, they were a little bit limited, tried to have everyone drive in for it. But they picked quite a few regional safety managers. So these people have multiple sites, and there were about 14 of them in the class, I think, total. Okay. Um, and each one had, you know, a handful of sites they, they kind of oversaw, and that's who they brought in to sit through the training as well as some people there at corporate. And then like we've talked about the second day, we had a couple of purchasers come in as well. Um, I know 
on the Mohawk side, they very much wanted the purchases in there the whole time, but they just wouldn't agree to do that. They, for some reason, yeah. they didn't want to sit through two days of training. That's, I'll tell you, Brian, that's always been a huge gap uh, for us that we've tried to help them with is just aligning their different areas. So from corporate safety to purchasing, it's just kind of that disconnect. And I think you see it with a lot of customers um, to where, you know, purchasing may not understand what their needs are exactly. Um, you know, we, we do all this training, we bring a bunch of value, and then whenever it comes back to them, they're just, they're looking at a number. Um, so I think it was, I think it was huge for us to have purchasing in there, for them to see the, the value that Angie and the team was bringing um, to where they know, okay, there's, there's a lot of work that went into this. So of course, pricing is always gonna be an issue, but there's other things that have to be taken into consideration. That, that to me was, was incredible. Well, I think Angie, it, it, tell us talk on that for a little because you know having purchasing in it, it, it's um, you know it was a different alignment, but part of it was price, but really it was more about them understanding the solution and the chair in the air and what that means if there is an incident. Uh, and that's one thing I think Chad does so great in those Warner trainings is he makes it so personable. Um, he makes it relate to each person and how it affects them. So while these purchasers aren't the ones out there putting the harness on. At the end of the day, he still made them understand, like, if this is you or this is your husband going up, this do you want them coming home? How much does it matter to you when that fall happens, if they're okay or not? Um, and them understanding why the product was needed was huge. And they even said, you know, we're not trying to be the bad guys, but we don't understand why they need a lot of the stuff sometimes. And it is just money out the door to us. If, you know, this helps us understand why it's important. Right. I think, I mean, that, that's a real eye opener that, and for them to come in and say, yeah, you know, normally we're looking for a low price. We don't get why you want this, you know, quote unquote fancy or high end or whatever it is. And when you're able to tell the story and show, you know, you have people up on tripods when you're able to show how the chair in the air helps reduce trauma after a fall and, and can, you know, make sure that that employee gets home safely. I mean, that, that makes sense. And I think it clicks for them. And, and maybe, you know, from our side, we too often paint purchasing as, you know, I don't say evil, but maybe the enemy when really it's more about learning and understanding. Definitely. And, and I don't want to say we avoid them in our job a lot, but sometimes we don't want to deal with them as much. And I think that, like you said, is almost eye opening being like, you know, we can, we can relate to them. Um, we've just got to be a little bit understanding and they've got to be a little bit understanding what's going on. Right. I was saying, Matt, you, you're dealing with the procurement side a lot. I'm sure this was certainly different than normal experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I, but I will tell you, it was funny because even corporate safety, like their head of corporate safety made the comment at the end of the meeting to purchasing. He's like, guys, I, you know, I really appreciate you coming. Um, I just wanted you to understand our passion behind what we do. So clearly like it's, it, it, it's been an issue for them. And it was just awesome for us to be able to be a part of that kind of kind of bringing it together. So it was, yeah, it was to what Angie said, it was, it was a huge learning for myself um, to where you can kind of take that into other customers and, and, and replicate some of those things. Absolutely. So Angie, you mentioned you had about 14 site safety people in the room and um, coming out of that, we, you were also able to present a little bit more of, of line drive, but certainly more of, of what we can do with Warner from fall to climbing. And there was definitely a big ask from them coming out of this, correct? Right. Um, so obviously it led to inspections and how I, 
you know, of course, we're going to always try to position those because we know there's always going to be product in there that's bad. So at the end, I was like, all right, so <laughs> next step is I really think we need to get out on site and start doing inspections, making sure we're helping you guys with that, helping you guys with training. We've got the support across the country. Um, where do you want to start and how do you guys want to start it? And so basically everyone that was in that class, um, my site, my site, let's start with mine. So what we did is we compiled their sites together. Um, obviously got the right line drive and Granger person hooked up with it and we're rolling out inspections starting this month. So hopefully uh, we have about 35 sites that we're going to have to try to have complete by Q1, into Q1. And um, Don's a head safety guy. He even said on the call yesterday, he's like, let's start with these. And from there, and I was like, Don, after we get these done, you know, he's excited. About, I was like, I'll come back to you and we'll, we'll roll out the next ones. Um, but let's, you know, there were, there's 400 sites or something that were just too many, you know, so we're breaking them down in pieces and where it's important to be and where, where do we need to go first? Right. And I would say, I think, you know, that that's an important piece of this as well, that from the customer standpoint, you know, they were so bought in, Don was so bought in that, you know, they're giving information, they're putting the word out, they're getting engaged. I mean, he's there on the kickoff call saying like, you know, we want this and we need this. Definitely. Um, I think that's something that I was very, you know, upfront with him about that we needed his support, you know, especially, and it was a little bit easier this first rollout, obviously, because all the sites were going to, someone was in the training. Um, right. Forward, making sure that he's, he's there supporting it, you know, across the board is a, huge deal for me and um, one that he is more than willing to help us with. I think it was a good, I would say a smart ass coming out of it, but you know, those people came into that training that's two days out of their normal role. You know, you, you think the tendency is they go back and, and that they want to put this in place, but a lot of times we're probably going back and it's back to putting out fires or back to, you know, trying to solve the challenges of the day, but this really reinforces, let us come through and, and help make sure that you've got the right equipment and that you are set up to, to have a safe workspace and that your team has what they need uh, for their fall protection um, requirements. Definitely. Well, think about it too, Brian, they've got a, and when I say us, I'm talking, I'm talking about us on the call, the companies on the call, they, they've got to trust us to do that. And I will tell you, those those two days built that trust. Like it was, it was absolutely amazing. And, and the, the the people who attended the training, they've got to what you said, having to put out fires. They've got multiple facilities, so they're gonna they're gonna allow us to be that person that goes out, does that work for them. Um, it, to me, it's it's just it's absolutely huge for for everyone involved. Oh, absolutely. So what, you know, hearing Don say, we've got 400 sites, we want to get you out. I mean, what, what is the actual impact to Mohawk? You know, how, how is this making them a better company? Um, you know, a lot of that, I think we've still got to figure out like what the actual dollar amount is as far as opportunity. Um, but, you know, just in regards to the standardization, I mean, having that many facilities, one of their biggest issues that they brought to us in the beginning was, you know, they don't have a they didn't have a standardized process. You have a ton of facilities when you have that many that are all kind of doing their own thing. You've got different division leaders that are kind of giving different direction. Um, so from that aspect, it's really it's really hard to put what that dollar amount is. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something that we're going to make sure that we want them to understand and help us to come up with to be able to. to to document some of that stuff. 
Angie, Matt makes a good point there where he talked about standardization and maybe that they hadn't had something beforehand. I know you've worked with safety and purchasing to build out um, a standard material list. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's what we did with purchasing the last day is literally went through the Warner Fall Protection Catalog and picked out what products I want. Hey, what harness do you want us you know, go with? Um, knowing that a lot of these were not Granger part numbered already, we knew we didn't want to just say, let every site pick which harness and have a bunch out there and have to try to figure out pricing on every product. So it was like, okay, what's important to you guys? Um, and, and literally sat there, went through the catalog, Matt sat there with his computer out and wrote down part numbers. And, um, and we created a spreadsheet from there and that's how we did it. Um, but we took that 20 minutes to go through everything and say, well, we're here, let's go ahead and decide what you guys want to implement. Right. So that talks a little bit about, you know, just getting into the partnership between Line Drive and Granger, right, and Warner that it's, you know, yes, we did the training and it was you and the account manager and the DSM and, you know, Matt's involved as well. But there was more that was getting products established and set up. It was getting pricing. It was getting a, you know, a standard template for for Mohawk. So this really was a, a partnership from many levels on, you know, the Granger side. Yeah, that's to me. That's that's a key to success, and I know we still gotta we still got a little ways to go to be able to measure that. But you know, one of the things that I've been saying it on the Granger side is that it's that communication that that's really going to help us. And this, you've had everybody on the same page throughout this process. To me, that that is absolutely key. Yeah, I would say Angie, that's that you know, from you is having that support in the different levels that obviously helped drive this opportunity from something that is site specific to 400 sites. No, it, yeah, it was awesome. Um, it just, it rolled out really well. Um, I mean, the first, one of the first things Chad said in the training was like, I'm not here to talk to you about product or push my product. I'm here to help you get safety trained the right way. Um, and that was one of the comments I made. And really, you know, we would show them what our product did, but until that second day, um, I'll be honest, the buy-in was so much stronger than I thought it'd be at the end of that training. Um, for them to sit there and pick out product, you know, and go, yep, this is what we're going to do. Um, it was pretty awesome to see how quickly that, that happened and changed. Right. So this is a, yeah, this is a cool opportunity and, and I'll give a plug. I mean, this, this is, I want to say it's huge, but this is a very big deal. You know, not only are we uh, getting engaged with a, a large national customer, but certainly uh, showing some strong success with the Granger national account. And um, as much of a big deal that we've created custom inspect all templates for this. We've got custom literature and, and marketing materials for this. So really a, a lot of investment on, on everyone's side to make sure that this is uh, a big win. No doubt. I think um, I can't thank Amy and Deborah and those guys enough for helping us on the back end get this put together. Um, anything I've asked for from them, they've, they've done. They've done it quickly. Um, and it's been impressive. When I sent out the little playbook, I mean, Granger was like, wow. You know, the district sales manager who really hasn't said a whole lot, happy with how everything's going, he's like, that's really impressive. Um, so just being able to offer those things, you know, like you said, I think it's one of the examples of, a great partnership and the things we can do. Um, and it's a great example to show, be able to go to Granger and say, hey, the, this is what we did here and we can do this anywhere. Yeah, that's excellent. I will, I will definitely speak for you guys, Angie. It's been, I, it's funny because what I always tell on the, on the sales side, for being honest, um, what's important for a seller, they want, they want to see the dollars coming through, they want work taken off their plate um, 
this is a great example of that. There's definitely been work that I've had to do, but it's just been so easy to have a partner that's very responsive, um, always there to, to kind of help me go through stuff. It's been it's been great. I think this is a good example to show that you know when the work's put in, Matt, the, the effort that you've put in, and Angie and marketing from our side, and Chad from Warner, that when all this is put in and we, and we invest in it, the dividends there are you know exponential. That it's certainly a, to, to use a, a time turned phrase, the uh, the skids have been greased, and now we've got an opportunity to go in and, and get involved at all these customer locations with the backing from um, the end user. So it's really uh, really excellent. Well, Angie, Matt, thank you. This is a really cool opportunity that look forward to seeing where else we can replicate it across the uh, Granger national account landscape. So thank you for your time today. Now, thank you for doing everything. And thank you for putting those inspect all reports together. Of, well. of course, but that was a, a small plug for inspect all in there. Just gotta get that in. Joining me is Alila Hollander, HR Director here at Line Drive. How are you today, Alila? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. It's midweek when we're recording this, so feeling good to get that Wednesday. Like, I've gotten a lot accomplished so far this week, so mm-hmm. it's good. A little hump day. Yeah, it's it's usually Mondays or Fridays that things really uh, start churning out on my unexpected things that I need to get done list, and, and for some reason, yesterday at... 430 it hits. So. Oh yeah. I say like Monday Mondays and Fridays usually when uh, I call it things are going off the rails quickly. <laughs> but yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Um, so give us a little you, you know, you've been at Line Drive for a while. Give us a little background your history. Uh, how did you get here? Yeah, so I um started out my career actually in sales. So I worked in commercial insurance sales for Liberty Mutual. So I was going to all these different manufacturing facilities throughout the northern suburbs and parts of the city, um, which was fascinating to me because I got to actually understand about their operations. I got to go out with some of the people that were with Liberty Mutual in order to assess some of the workers' comp injuries that had happened and some of the potential areas of exposure. So I really got a good sense of what happens in manufacturing and things to look out for. Um, And then from there, I transitioned into one of the most dangerous types of manufacturing facilities, which is uh, meatpacking and food processing. So within a couple of years of working in that industry, I probably got about 30 years worth of experience just because there's so much that happens. Um, So I was dealing with you know, being a first responder, everything from amputations to diagnosing strokes to things that, you know, I was like, I was like a doctor minus the salary. And- <laughs> right. I was like, wow, all right. Yeah. And then I had like the Nextel radios, not Motorola, which would have been a lot better. But I had Nextel and that thing would go off at two in the morning because somebody got hurt during second shift and I was the only one that would answer those things. Um, so yeah, I was like a 24 seven on call doctor. All right. So you, you say, I like the sales piece. I don't think I knew that. So you, you've got the sales experience, mm-hmm. you've got the insurance and then, you, and then you move into like the HR side in the worst possible way, but, <laughs> but you stuck with it. So that's... I did, I did. And, uh, and I learned a lot in that and I ended up 
actually transitioning into aerospace manufacturing and uh, when this job became available rather than just applying through Indeed, I reached out directly to both Kevin and JJ kind of stating my case as to what my background was and why even though most of my career was in manufacturing, I made sense for this type of a position and why I was excited about line drive. And then before I knew it, I was sitting in front of them. Right. I think uh, for the for a lot of the team out there, Alila could be a secret weapon as far as like understanding the mindset of of that safety director you're going to meet with at a at a food plant or you know the uh, the engineering department you're going to meet with in an aerospace company. So you know, you never think to call your HR director uh, for for sales call prep, but there you go. Yeah, definitely. Reach out with any questions whatsoever <laughs> in those areas because I was heading up the safety uh, committees for three of the companies that I worked for. So I was the one that was definitely responsible for trying to bring down the injury rates. Yeah, interesting. Um, one of the things uh, that, that sort of piqued my interest in inviting you on the uh, world-renowned, award-winning podcast, Certified Fresh, um, is you've been working on updating our, our values and, and changing our, our some of the, the values of the company and the stories behind it. Um, mm -hmm. what's, uh, what's driving the change and, and how do you see this evolving? Well, there have been a lot of changes that have happened throughout the employment law landscape over the last two years, particularly. And um, I think that when the pandemic hit and Black Lives Matter movement hit and um, a lot of discussions about equality and things of that nature, it was a moment of pause. And I think for a lot of individuals, regardless of what background they have and JJ had actually attended some conferences and meetings where this also became a hot topic because it was a point of discussion throughout um, the business community and reevaluating the values and taking into consideration of, of what Line Drive does to kind of set itself apart. People first was the value that really stood out. And the reason I say that is because We've got 60 people that work at Line Drive. You know, we're a small company in all reality, and we're spread out all throughout the country. And yet, the fact that we have you heading up all of the training, heading up making sure that our new hires are well versed in all of the manufacturers that we work with, have a good understanding as to what the responsibilities are, our onboarding process, um, the ways that we work with ISA in order to bring new opportunities to our employees. That is far and away one of the fantastic parts of being at Line Drive and the way in which it, in my opinion, is one of the most supportive companies I've ever heard of. Um, right. You know, and that's what I hear about time and time again. When I'm talking with new hires after they've been with us for 30 days, for 90 days, that level of enthusiasm that you hear because they're able to reach out to whoever and get answers quickly and everybody's so helpful you don't often get that. And I certainly didn't when I was first working in sales. It was sharks in the water. I had people in my territory all the time. And I kind of had to watch my back. And, you know, being straight out of college, you can get railroaded pretty easily because people sense that you're young and you're not going to stick up for yourself. Right. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, the, definitely the, the evolution of people first, I think is so important. But, you know, when we see these all the time and you go into we, all these manufacturer facilities, we go and they constantly have these banners up and this is our values and stuff. But, you know, I really feel like line drive actually puts people first. And, and we see that, you know, I've shared with some friends about like the surveys that we send out and, you know, how do you feel the company's doing? How do you feel? And they're shocked. They're like, they're just 
totally surprised, you know, like, no, no, I don't say no other, but pretty much no other company does stuff like that. And it's so great to see the pulse and take the pulse of the employees and actually care about their well-being and, and their, I guess, in satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. And it's great to see the positive responses, of course. I love seeing that. But to get constructive feedback in a way that's anonymous and uh, gives us a moment for pause. And even if we're not able to come to a solution right away, at least it's there and we're understanding of what needs to happen in order to try and move toward a solution. Um, so that's the great thing about those types of surveys and being able to share them with everybody, you know, nobody wants to do a survey and then the information goes into an abyss. So, right. oh no, it's, yeah, definitely. It, it's all very transparent. And I think that's, that's a big thing. I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later, but, um, one of the things that I think that speaks that culture well, um, in, in talking to the annual team player spotlight winner, um, but that having, having something like the team player spotlight you know, where people are elevating their peers or others around them for the, the good work they're doing and recognizing that. Um, first thing I got to ask, how do you come up with these award names? Like, where does this, where does this come from? Like every, every month it's different, unique. Yeah. So I'm a little insane. I don't know. I, it's like whatever is going on in the moment for social media, for authors that I'm reading, like whatever. And I'm not into sports and I will throw out a sports name and name an award after that person and pray they don't have a conviction or something I'm oblivious to. <laughs> you're not doing background checks? Come on, you're an HR <laughs> professional. You should be background checking these people. I'm just trying to get creative and come up with, you know, different award titles that, and I try and like add in like what this award title is supposed to mean. Like the MacGyver Award is somebody that has all the solutions to a problem available and thinking outside the box, you know. So whatever the case is, um, yeah, we try and make it fun. It's not meant to be overly serious, but it's still meant to be very complimentary. And um, more important than actually winning Team Player Spotlight is just the fact that people get that feedback. So I will email out everybody that's received a nomination as well as their boss who CC'd on that email explaining why they were nominated because oftentimes we have a lot of humble people that work for us and i think <laughs> that it's good for everybody's boss to be aware of the hard work that they're putting in or where they're stretching themselves so that way nothing comes as a surprise right no i think that that's really good and it, it's cool to share that feedback and for people to receive that um you know and we like most people like recognition which yeah. is good um yeah, I, I think, you know, thinking about the time you've been here, you know, I, I sort of feel like you bring a sense of constant improvement or evolution of, of things that are going on, you know, whether it's the transparency and benefits, the vacation, the well-timed vacation policy, <laughs> uh, onboarding, you know, talk to me about what, how do you take, how do you look at this and, and where, where do you see things and, and you're trying to improve? You know, I think I do look at what other companies are doing and I look for feedback from outside sources. So we've won best and brightest companies to work for on a national level for the last few years. Um, and their surveys are a great way for me to have a litmus test in areas where we can continue to develop or areas where we're really strong. Um, when it comes down to our culture and employees um, feeling like they're supported within Line Drive, we score very high in those areas. When it comes to community outreach or charities, those are definitely areas that we can grow within and try and figure out ways to um, 
can get more involved. So, and that's really key in understanding how can we stretch ourselves outside of our comfort zone in order to grow further. Um, you know, the unlimited PTO, that was, that was intended <laughs> to be a really great thing. And then the pandemic hit. And right, I was well, like, yeah, well nobody's that. taking PTO. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? Go sit in my living room? Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there are those days where I'm like, I could totally use an at-home PTO today. Somebody who uh, loves a good vacation, that was, um, it was a cool, and actually, you know, that that's, to me, it's very progressive thinking, right? You know, that, that's forward thinking. And, you know, what can we do that, you know, is meaningful and, and you know, gives employees that, that freedom and, and the opportunity to enjoy their passions, you know, whatever that is in their time off. Yeah, I think we're all incentivized, too, because, you know, if I go on vacation, it's inevitable that I'm going to end up checking my email or doing something, even though I, I should be unplugging. And I, I'm fully cognizant of that. But, um we have to be able to balance that with the fact that there's nobody else there to take the reins on a mm-hmm. lot of the jobs that we're doing at Line Drive. So, That's you true. know, it's it's being responsible for what you feel you need to do so that way you're not overwhelmed when you come back from PTO. Right. Um, not, a, not a lot of backups here. Which, no, <laughs> no. And, you know, and that's fine okay. for a that's company okay. this small. And that's what I talk to um, candidates about when I'm interviewing with them. It's like, look. When you're working for a small company, there's no rock to hide under. Either you're a rock star and everybody knows it, or you screw up and everybody knows it. There's never any surprises. Um, you know, if somebody ends up not working out at Line Drive, nobody comes to me surprised about it. It's they're they're given right, right. a lot of opportunity. And there's a lot of discussion that happens there before anything um, extreme is done. Yeah, well, I think you're right. As we build in metrics and measurements to uh, basically all of our roles and we all have rocks to, to meet and and numbers we want to hit. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it it really, to your point, it, it, I don't say shines a light, but you're not just a number, you know, you're someone there and we can see if, you know, there's a struggle and, um, there's a lot of people that can come and help and fix and try to help, uh, improve. Yeah. And like, what's interesting too, is when the pandemic hit, excuse me, um, we, really have the tools in place in order to continue functioning as an organization Mm. where a lot of other companies were trying to figure it out. And this was considered very innovative to do virtual conferences and to figure out how to host different webinars on a large scale across the country. Like we were already set up for that and we were definitely delving into it. So um, then it's, it's a question of, okay, well now that this is becoming more mainstream, how do we further elevate ourselves? How do we exceed what other companies are just catching on to now that we've already been doing? Absolutely. So, yeah. Hey, one thing I want to, I don't want to gloss over. You mentioned the best and bright, best and brightest two, two years, three years, three two, years now. Three yeah. Years. Um, that's cool. And I don't think people know, I, I know this because you make me do homework for it. So actually <laughs> it's not just that like Alila saw this in a magazine and sent in $35 and we got a plaque. I mean, I have to do homework and I I know you do a ton of work for that. There's, there's a submission mm-hmm. process. There's a whole thing we fill out. So to, to win this, it's not just an empty award. I mean, this is really an award that that's showcasing the best and the brightest companies. Yeah. There's a lot of reports that I have to turn out in order to um, put my, put the numbers out there in order to have them understand what we're doing. Um, so it's not just about 
our turnover or, you know, the number of employees that we have. It's also about compensation. It's also about opportunities given. There's, there's a lot of things that need to be pulled together for us to even be able to go through that process. Um, so it's been a pleasure every year. I'm kind of biting my nails wondering, are we going to get it again or not? <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want a gap to be there. So now the pressure's right. on. The street, you're looking for like a decades long streak here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Um, thinking about, you know, the pandemic earlier, you mentioned that, and I'm thinking, you know, one of the things that the people have constantly said is Alila is so creative and the things that you've rolled out, you know, we've had games and the murder, two murder mysteries, care packages. What inspires, what inspires that? Where do you come up with this stuff? Um, so I have two boys, a 17 year old and a 14 year old, and, um, they're going to be very bored in life without me because <laughs> 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 like, I don't know, my youngest and I, we go rock climbing a lot. We do axe throwing competitions. I mean, there's done definitely a lot of stuff that we're doing with the land in Indiana right now too. And my husband is a collector of hobbies. So, you know, we do 3D printing at home. I have my guitars laid out all over the place. I can't play, but I pretend that I can. Um, so, you know, I'm always delving into different ideas. So with that, uh, Justin definitely loves playing different board games and things like that. So, you know, there's things that I'll try and I'll implement as like a virtual event, like the Go game. And then we do it and I realize I could do this so much better. Let's figure out a different <laughs> way. So, and that's how Jackbox games came along in conversation with Becca, because I've already done Jackbox games and, and figuring out, okay, well, this is, would be really easy to implement as a virtual event and actually worked out a lot better than the Go game, to be honest. It's a much easier level too. So um it's a lot of fun putting those events together and murder mysteries are never something that i've done in the past never participated in them so it was kind of a crapshoot as to how the last one was going to go and it went it was so fun i was in tears it was, just it was so fun laughing. for sure <laughs> like I said, um, a lot of that it, it, it's a great way to to contribute and, and maybe give give people a chance to blow off some steam or just have a little fun with their coworkers since we can't see each other Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, to keep things interesting and, and change it up every now and then, because nobody wants to be doing the same thing over and over again. So um, right. we'll see how the next murder mystery goes. I'm ready. I've got my feather headband. I've got my gloves. I'm ready. I love the full costume aspect of it. It's great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you mentioned uh, how you're like the most interesting mom in the world. There is a, a whole nother career side. I don't know, career side, but you, you have a whole other side of Alila, right? I mean, that's can you share with the audience for those who don't know? Um, so I have been a yoga instructor, sculpt instructor, spin instructor for the last nine years. That, that are the lines that with, you say your passion around move spring and the challenges we've done. You, know, you bring this competitive spirit here. Um, that's that's an important part for for you personally and I'd say professionally. Yeah, the move spring thing is is awesome, and I hope we get more and more people involved with it. Just because it's so fun to have that sense of competition when you're not necessarily face to face, and and then there's some people that just blow it out of the water, and it seems like you're about to climb a mountain if you try and go up against that person, but it's worth it. It drives me insane. Like I open up this weekend, <laughs> I'm like, why am I not in the lead? <laughs> <It's> so mad. <laughs> 
I'm like Becky just had knee surgery. How does she have more activity than me? Like what? Who's, who's hooking their phone to their dog? What's going on yeah. here? I know there's something going on. I would say that you know it, the one cool thing, and I appreciate it, was the the mini workouts that we had uh, that that pop up. And there's nothing better mm-hmm. to I'm gonna call it like 11:45 in the morning with one of our manufacturers. Like I gotta go. We have a workout. <laughs> They're so confused. I have to bring those back. Yeah, I uh, that that was a good way just to kind of recharge at the end of the day on a Friday. So that way you get your your dopamines going and you have your focus back. Right. So besides uh, fun and games and murder mysteries and workouts and all that stuff from a part of an HR, what are maybe what are one or two things that you do in, in your HR role that maybe the rest of Line Drive doesn't know or doesn't understand? I herd cats. Um, so by herding cats, I mean, like, I go oh. back and forth. When we do, like, a new employee handbook rollout, when we have our benefits enrollment, there's always, like, five to six stragglers that I'm constantly chasing down. And um, so there's that. There's also a lot of collaboration that has to happen here, um, especially because we're not in one location, you know, it would be easier at a company where you've got all the key stakeholders in one building, you can try and pull everybody together. Um, here, you definitely have to be very proactive. And that's one of the things that I emphasize with new hires as well, like do not hesitate to reach out to people because everybody's willing to help. Um, we all have a tight schedule, but it's, it's doable. And that's kind of the nice thing about what I'm doing and trying to collaborate with HR versus sales and figuring out, okay, how, how do we set ourselves up strategically with our hiring decisions? How do we um, do things differently in order to understand what metrics we can focus on as we move forward? Um, and then, you know, really understanding where there's the return on investment. So, you know, looking at different applications or vendors that we can use in order to help streamline things. So Time Off Manager is a good example where it was a no-brainer on how that was a return on investment for us and and being able to put PTO together really easily and communicate it back and forth with the managers and have everything front and center. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Also, so one, don't be Anna Leela's S list as far as getting ring because she because yeah. she remember she remembers who always is not turning stuff in. Um, yeah. But secondly, I think you mentioned there. I want people to, to pick it up that if they have concerns or they want to talk. That I hear this a lot. People say, "Well, I don't want to call you. You're busy." You know, and I'm like, "I'm busy because you're calling me." That's the, that's like if, if we don't call and reach out to Alila, if we don't have employees and employee concerns, and Alila doesn't have a job, so reach yeah. out to her. You know, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, Especially when there's challenges. I think that, you know, that's kind of what should be ingrained in all of us is that we all have a plan for what we want to happen. We all have an idea of how we're going to get to that goal. And things always happen that throw us off course. And John F. Kennedy had this great quote that was, if the winds change, you adjust your sails. So, and you stay on course as best you can. And, And really that means getting other people involved when you feel like you're drifting from where your goal is. Right. So thinking about that, and, and as we get to the deeply philosophical piece, mm-hmm. um, what would you say you're, you're most proud of accomplishing with your time at Line Drive? Um, I think that having that transparency, um, a lot of companies do not want that. And, and I've definitely been in that kind of scenario where 
I'm having a lot of resistance from management or leadership in order to put information out there that doesn't necessarily put the company in a lovely rose colored lenses light. Mm. Um, and, and being able to really share information in a forthright manner uh, has been nice for me. Um, more than anybody, I think, because I'm the one that really gets the benefit out of that uh, because it helps develop trust between all of us and allows us to move forward as a company and evolve. Yes, um, absolutely. So I got to I gotta take it the, the last uh, last two questions, which every HR person hates, but here we are. What's the strangest HR thing that's happened to you in your career? Oh, boy, there's so many. So... Like as an HR professional, I'm an unofficial psychologist. I'm an unaccredited lawyer. I'm an event planner. But like I said, in a past life, I was all sorts of other things too because of the manufacturing side. So security guard would be up there too. Um, I remember at one of the companies that I worked for, we had a couple of temp agencies, not just one, but a couple and they were on site with their employees that did all the staffing and hiring and there was just a tremendous amount of turnover. Um, and we had one individual who she was let go because she didn't show up to work for a week and it was kind of no call, no show, you're done. Right. And she showed up and uh, they told her that she was being let go and then she proceeded to kind of leave the room and bolt into the bathroom. And I had to make sure that she left the building. We didn't have security there. So, okay, I'm going to go in there and, you know, and I'm telling her, look, you have to leave the building right now. You've been let go. What do you mean I've been let go? You you were fired for not showing up to work last week? I got locked up. Okay. Um, I wish you had had somebody call for you and and (laughs) had them at least explain that you're sick or something because I can't do anything for you. And she started getting really aggressive and agitated. And I'm like, all right, I got 10 pounds on her. I'll be fine. (laughs) And then the stall opens up next to me and there's her friend who's got like 30 pounds on me. And I'm like, I don't get paid enough for this. This just is not worth it. <laughs> so luckily the friend stopped in to like talk some sense into the uh, one that just got let go. But I really thought for a moment there, like this is going to get like an alleyway showdown right here. And I'm not going to come out the winner. That's, that's just like a movie moment that you're like, yeah, I got this. And then the door opens and you're like, okay, no, I do not have this. Yeah. Oh, it, so, like, can, but, you, can you tell your friend that she just came from jail? She probably doesn't want to go back to jail. Right? <laughs> so on the flip side of that, what's the coolest thing that you've got to experience? Um, you know, the and I got to go back to some of the other things that I've done as far as my HR background goes here. And, and that's really managing interns. I think that with any job that you have, if you can carry that torch and pass it on, mm-hmm. then that automatically becomes one of the most fulfilling things that you can do in your career. Uh, and that used to be one of the interview questions that I would throw out there. Tell me about two people whose careers you helped develop. Um, so it wasn't just about mentoring. It was how, how did you help bring that person to the next level? Uh, and, and a lot of people get tripped up with that one. Um, but there's definitely three individuals that I helped bring into human resources that I showed all of the ins and outs to and that are doing very well right now in their careers. And, and I'm happy for them. So that 
I think it's one of the best things that you can do. That's awesome. I, I for one, uh, thumbs up helping people develop. It's yeah. definitely a passion. So and thank you for all you do. We appreciate it. Thank you. Joining us is Amy Struckmeyer, marketing specialist for Line Drive. Amy, how are you today? I am just super. How are you, Z? I'm doing excellent. For those of you who unfortunately can't see, as this is an audio podcast, Amy has the best set of pink headset on, and it's got cat ears that are lit up. <laughs> it is amazing. I think that like it, this sets the tone of where we're going with this, and I like it. Yes, it's very, it's very me. <laughs> I wanted to have you on as you just won the team player spotlight for the month. I mean, it's like, I like having winners on here. This is Woo-hoo! great. Um, but I think a lot of people, you know, obviously you have raving fans, myself included. Um, but a lot of people are like, who is Amy? And I thought a good place to start. Like, you know, Amy, Amy showed up. I was like, oh, we have Amy in marketing. Actually, we had Amy in e-com and then we had Amy in marketing. But like, we're, what, what's the Amy before line drive? How did we get here? How did we get here? <laughs> Um, we got here because this was advertised as a remote role and I wanted to work from home. <laughs> so that's <laughs> how we go. got here. <laughs> that's good. I, I know you've mentioned you've had some past in like sales and sales ops and sales support. Yeah, I was sales support at a beer distributor for a year. And to be honest, I obviously only took the job for the free beer and it was well worth it for that year. Huh? So. It was a good year. I would figure that would either uh, it would either be like the funnest job or one of those jobs that turns out like this is like not fun at all. Like, oh, it was a riot, a riot. Okay. <laughs> so you got one one year of free beer, and then like you had a enough. lot of swag and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. there was no room for growth, so I ended up at Line Drive, okay. and I have grown here because I was on the Island of Misfit Toys, aka Ecom Island, and now I am here. Oh, don't yep. We will we will all learn more about ecom shortly. Don't worry. <laughs> Similar to Amy, it's like who is Amy? What's it? What's it like? So you know, for those that maybe don't interact with you uh, on a like a, a chat or a voice thing, and maybe more interact with you on all the stuff you create. What's a normal day for Amy if that exists? It doesn't exist. Um, okay. It really depends. <laughs> well, I think maybe Mondays are my only normal days because Mondays are obviously this week at Line Drive. So assembling that, that is a routine thing. And then the company call Mm -hmm. once a month is a routine thing. But otherwise, it's kind of all over the place. It just depends on what everybody sends me and what... And when they send it. And when they send it and then when they need it. Yeah, when they need it. Right now. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's probably true. I'm assuming your projects are either like, hey, I could use this in a couple weeks or uh, I have six minutes before I present this Yes, there is no in between at all. That's excellent. But that's good. I guess a key, so there's not a typical day. The typical day is flexibility and spontaneity and being agile to react to make sure people get the stuff they need to grow. Which out. is the exact opposite of my personality. So it's it's great. <laughs> so I, I didn't realize that you came here to experience not only professional growth, but also personal yes, growth. Yes, there's really nice. been a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes you're like a, a therapist, you're talking people off the ledge, helping a, a, like a coach. It's a, a lot of roles that, that Amy helps play. And mainly those are just for me. So I don't know about everyone. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Probably just you. I mean, we're besties, so. Of course. Yeah. That's it. We, we're we there for each other. Yes. We don't have a hashtag, um, though. Maybe we need to be true. the second hashtag. All right. 
we both work on the hashtag. That's a good yes. good plan. Um, so if, if every day is not normal, what are maybe more of the standard categories of things that you work on? You know, what are the project types that you get involved in? I'd say 90% flyers, or I call them flyers. Sales collateral, I think, is the show pad term. That, um, PowerPoint presentations, my least favorite, to be honest. And then emails, like active campaign, working with Deborah and that kind of stuff, which that's fun. Yeah, because I get to work with Deborah because she used to be my boss, and so that's fun. I think that's probably an area that a lot of people don't realize that you're working to create these marketing campaigns, things like the PowerHeart G5 targeted pieces that went out. You know, there's stuff that, that's going on behind the scenes or maybe in conjunction with inside sales that a lot of the team isn't aware that that you're producing and building. Yeah, and Dorn's doing some of that too, and then I'm doing a little bit. So it's kind of been a mix here and there. But yeah, active campaign, just a lot of that stuff going out. That's kind of here and there. It used to be a lot more, I feel like, last year. We had a lot more of them than we have this year, but it's kind of going over to Dorn a little bit now. So my main thing is sales collateral flyers, which are my fave. Sales collateral. Well, as we've taken our journey down the show pad path, you know, a lot more uh, shares and collection stuff putting out. Um, as we go down the show pad journey, the pathway, um, you know, I, I see things that we, we put some flyers out. There was a recent sword flyer that uh, had some fastenal part numbers on it and just did a nice little update. And I can see it going out and the, the way that people are using these tools. So, you know, we, we joke, oh it's, a, oh, it's a flyer, it's sales collateral, but it really does help drive that message, whether it's, you know, through an email or, or a share and show pad or even physically being in front of the customer and being able to pull it up. So uh, I know the team is, is very much... Um, appreciative of that but also like excited to, to learn more and, and understand how we can make more and get more content i think um you know that would be the one thing piggybacking off that you know how would you say that the, you've been here for a few years how has marketing evolved or changed or the the demand changed since you've been here it has greatly increased i feel like because at first my main focus was redoing the website which was a couple years ago and social media like getting that back up and running and now 90% of it is sales, collateral, flyers, and that sort of nature, which I like that stuff. So, And I think it's gotten better with people asking when they need things instead of either making their own or just not asking. And it's like, ask, because yeah. odds are I can do it. Like, we'll get there. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it almost we talk a lot about uh, stuff being snackable, and you know, it doesn't have to be this eighteen-page deck. It doesn't have to be, you know, a huge um, undertaking. That we've got a lot of stuff that really can be impactful in you know one to two pages, or even taking an existing idea and just uh, mixing up either the products or the messaging. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of good stuff that is coming out. Yeah, I like that you call it snackable. That works because snackable. I just, when I get those 28-page presentations that I have to edit, and I really prefer the two-page flyers where I can kind of get my jam on and at least do a little bit of creative work there. So snackable. Let's go with that. Let's keep those snacks coming. All right. Yeah, reach out. So um, from your side, what's the thing that you've done that you're most proud of? Like I said, what, what's the content you've birthed since you've been at Line Drive that you, <laughs> you really like? And, and you're... 
Um, back to flyers again. Just the things with like Werner, with the trainings and whatnot. Just like the offerings that we have, just to be able to put little snackable. <laughs> now that we're gonna call it that, chunks onto one two-page flyer. The OSHA top ten thing that I did. That's oh. like a CVS receipt. It's really long, but it's got a lot of info it is, on but- it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's it's long, but it's a cool design. And if you have not, folks, if you've not seen that, it's a great. It lists the top ten uh, OSHA violations, and it's got each one of our manufacturer solutions that uh, line up with that. I think it's really cool. It is it is long because we've got a lot of products that that fit that, but it was definitely a, a really creative and, and I think impactful when you're talking to a distributor partner to, or even an end user to say like, here's all the ways that I can help. Yep. So those are the things I'm most proud of when I can like help and know that the project I did actually, like, made a difference. So I guess it's more than one well, thing. I, okay, well, that's fair. I mean, the Warner stuff, you know, what we've seen, with, we've obviously seen a lot of impact with the, the training and uh, some of the custom catalog content you're creating out there. There's There's been a lot of, um, I would say, flexibility, creativity and flexibility with Warner and, and really uh, getting our, our offering and our services out into the market. Yeah, definitely. A lot of Warner, Warner flyers, so. <laughs> um, so... The team's out there and they're saying like, hey, this Amy sounds like fun and she's super nice. How, do I, how, does, how does the SC team and the, and the headquarter team best engage you? you know, It sounds like we talked flyers, right? So come with an idea. Think of what do you want the overall arching message to be and what do you want to highlight? I love that you say I'm super nice because a lot of people say I'm kind of scary. So, <laughs> But um, now, like, if you have an idea, like, have kind of a formed idea... And I got to reference Leah here. I know she's no longer with us, but she used to literally write it out. Like, I think she did it on her iPad of what she wanted. And she even drew boxes and stuff. And it was great. And she'd send it to me and I'd be able to turn around in a day. So just knowing what you want before you come to me is like a huge help because I don't sell these products. Sure, I know some of the stuff now like obviously i know what a warner ladder is and dunlop boots but it helps when you come to me with like a little bit of content so maybe i know some people aren't as sophisticated in drawing in their (laughs) their ipads but even if you take a a piece of printer paper and just sketch and snap a picture with your iphone yeah i mean even something like that or just an email or even i know we're trying to get away from emails but bullet points just kind of like your thoughts and it helps just to have kind of an idea of where your head's at in order for me to make the flyer like i need to know what you need and what you need it for that makes sense i I think a lot of times you know what is just to amy's point she's not gonna understand everything she's not gonna know that you know this 18 volt battery is better than that 18 volt battery but you know what's the end of mind what am i trying to communicate here how, what is important and how would I like it to look? That's really going to go a long way. Yep, with you. definitely. I need details. I like details. <laughs> right. And so if you're on the, you know, if you're an SC and you think of something you want to compare that's going to work in your market, reach out to Amy. If you're on the HQ team, you're on the key account team, reach out to Amy. Like the more that we can get in the system, the better. The more that we can share, the better. Like I said, people really, really enjoy that. Yes. And send me messages on Teams or email me. But Z, you know this. Don't call me. 
<laughs> if any, so if you're gonna take away anything, folks, as you're listening, don't ever call Amy. I the way I work is like so structured that when somebody calls me, it just screws up my whole day. <laughs> so yes. I like emails and Teams because then I can shelve them for later. So that's true. Yes, you are you are a, a proponent a pro proponent of Teams. Yes, I love Teams. Using the chat, mm-hmm. you know, the messages there. So. Yep. All right, so like, what else do you love? I know one thing you've got you've got a cat, right? Yes, my child, my baby, Luna, aka Lou, sometimes Lucifer. She is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> now she uh, she's very uh, demanding, if I understand correctly. Yes, she's very very demanding. It's like what I would imagine having a toddler is like. I mean, I would never have children, but I think it's kind of like what a t- having toddlers like. She's very yelly if you're on the phone, like, right now. She's very upset that I'm on the phone because I'm giving somebody else attention, not her. So, but she's great. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, uh, another fun fact about Amy is that your office is absolutely just filled <laughs> with Halloween decorations. Just wall to wall. There's cases. That there's, like, curio cases. There's... there's- there's a, currently five. a skull right behind yeah, you. Yeah, there's five cabinets of okay. collectibles, not decorations. They're collectibles. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Dude, I wholeheartedly apologize. Now, you can't just go from, like, somebody gave you a ghost from a McDonald's drive-thru to five cabinets of collectibles. So there's, is it, were you, like, a six-year-old who just, like, spent a week getting ready for Halloween? Is this something that's, that's run the, your entire life? Um, it's basically been my entire life, but it's funny you mention the ghost from McDonald's because I have the little, like, chicken nugget plastic guys that had the little costumes, like, oh, yeah. hashtag, like, 80s Happy Meal toys. I still have them. <laughs> But that is awesome. It's been my whole life that I've been collecting random Halloween stuff. But yeah, as I get older, I feel like it's gotten a little more sophisticated. So I call them collectibles now. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, when that was my big thing it, when I moved and finally had like my own like designated office because my condo was not big enough for a Halloween office. And now that I have my Halloween office, it's it's my place of zen. I love it. So like, and there's no like, you don't swap out for Christmas or Fourth of July. It is all Halloween, always Halloween. Halloween three sixty five, definitely. Nice. Like some people have a closet for an office. Some people have a shrine to Halloween. Yeah, you have your Harry Potter closet that I love so very much. I I know another thing about you um, that I know is like you're a big fan of music. Mm -hmm. Live. You like who's live? You love concerts. Who's your favorite bands? Good. Who do you love to see live? How about Good that? Good Charlotte, which, I mean, take me back to high school big time. I was that girl with the colored hair and the black clothes and the Good Charlotte t-shirt. And, like, they were my boy band. <laughs> so I'm still obsessed with them. They are definitely my favorite to see live. But then also Fall Out Boy, which I didn't get into Fall Out Boy until I was older. I kind of missed them in high school somehow. Um, the starting line, which not a lot of people know who they are, but they're from like the Zoomies couch tour back in high school, oh, which some people yeah. are, see, see, not everybody remembers those, but big fan and then brand new and they don't tour anymore, unfortunately, but they are definitely great to see live. So 
are any of them doing any pandemic shows or stuff like that? No. The last time, gosh, I saw anybody. Well, Riot Fest, I think, might have been the last, like, big thing I was at. And that was to see the starting line because I had not seen them since high school because they don't do a whole lot of Midwest shows. So were you like, you said you you follow Good Charlotte around, were you like the modern day Swifties? Were you like bullying people on internet boards and stuff like that? <laughs> no, but the funny thing was my mom would not let me go to a Good Charlotte concert in high school. Like before I could drive, she wouldn't take me to one because obviously they had colored hair and weird piercings and tattoos and my mom's not all about that. So I did not get to see Good Charlotte until a couple years ago. At the Vans Warp Tour down in Tinley Park. So I was, I don't know, 31 or something. Got 31, 32 the first time I finally got to see them. And I've loved them since forever. And then I think I've seen them like five times since then. So I did the side stage passes where you get to stand on the stage and, you know, why they play. I All that stuff. So met them a couple times. They're my jam. I like yeah. VIP meeting. Yeah, I wow. I splurged. <laughs> <laughs> so when we when we everyone finally gets uh, vaccinated and we we beat this thing, are you just like promising you're going to every concert that fits one of your band likes? Yes, I still have my Fallout Boy tickets from the canceled Wrigley show, so I'm really hoping that comes back around because I'll be really sad if it doesn't. Because I saw them a couple years ago at Wrigley and. That was pretty awesome. So I will be going to all that. But you did say the modern day like Swifties and stuff. I love Taylor Swift. Like (laughs) you would not think it, but I really hope to see her one day. I think she's a vibe and I love her vibe. (laughs) Me too. That's that's why we're besties. Excellent. Excellent performer. (laughs) All right, well, here's to concerts and flyers and increased marketing activity with appropriate lead times in 2021. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us, All right, us, thanks, Amy. Z. Well, that's our show. Another great peek into the workings of Line Drive. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully you learned something new about Line Drive, our customers, and our team. Subscribe on your chosen platform, Smash that like button on Teams. And of course, reach out with anything you'd like to learn more about Line Drive. Guests are always welcomed and encouraged. Certified Fresh is a Line Drive production. Recording is done over the World Wide Web with an absolute mixed bag of equipment. Your host and executive producer is me, Brian Zamania. And our technical producer is January's Team Player Spotlight Award winner, Amy Struckmeyer. <laughs>